how did our illustrious intel agencies miss 9-11? The planning for 9-11 was done in plain sight. They were not trying to hide it. You're listening to the Straight Talk Podcast with your host, America Sheriff David Clark. Let's turn our attention to some issues going on in Washington, D.C. I want to start with this new story, and it says, the title of it, Kavanaugh Rape Accuser Confesses She Lied, Was Never Raped, Never Even Met the Man. You all probably remember the Kavanaugh hearings, that lynching that took place to prevent him from taking his rightful seat on the United States Supreme Court, which he eventually was concerned, but what a bloodbath it was, smeared him, destroyed his reputation, destroyed his family. This is what these hearings have become as far as the left, the Democrats are concerned when it comes to nominations of supposedly conservative jurists taking a seat on the high court. You all probably remember that Christine Blasey Ford, who got up there and put on a great theatrical act in testifying. So this article here says the, and I'll use decent language here, crap show the Democrat stage at the confirmation hearing for Donald Trump's Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh, was a disgusting group denigration of the high office Democrats have been entrusted with. This was borne out again yesterday when Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Charles Grassley made a third criminal referral, this one against a second Kavanaugh accuser, Judy Monroe Layton. Third criminal referral. I didn't know any criminal referrals had been made over this bloodbath, this crap show, as it's referred to here. And and this is typical of what goes on in Washington, D.C., These people get away, Democrats I'm talking about, the liberals, progressives, whatever you want to call them, they get away with murder, flat out murder when it comes to this stuff. And nobody's ever held accountable. You can go all the way back to the Clinton administration. And so now a third criminal referral has been made. Nothing's going to come of this. But but here's the point. This woman, oh, here, I'll, I'll continue to read from the story here. I'm writing to refer, this is from Chuck Grassley. I'm writing to refer Ms. Judy Monroe Layton for investigation of potential violations of 18 U.S.C. Statutes 1001, materially false statements, and 1505 obstruction for materially false statements she made to the committee during the course of the committee's investigation. By itself, Monroe Layton's admission that she lied about Judge Kavanaugh is despicable, but when taken into context, of the way the Democrats orchestrated their resistance to Judge Kavanaugh throughout the entire confirmation process should be disqualifying for high office. It has been admitted by at least one Democratic member of the Judiciary Committee that from the onset, top Democrat senators had been coordinating with the protesters, many of them paid, to disrupt the hearings and to create a false sense of outrage, some in the most despicable manner imaginable. Then there was what now appears to be wholly fabricated accusations of Christine Blasey Ford that involved so many deep state Democrat operatives that a scorecard is required to identify all of them. Think about this, ladies and gentlemen. These people lied under oath. 
and it's not the first time a Democrat has lied under oath, but that the Democrat Senate was conspiring with these people, these operatives, to keep Judge Kavanaugh off the bench. And we have to sit up here and get lectured to, and we have to sit up and listen to an entire year of nonsense from Democrat political leaders and a couple of Republicans, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, about the January 6th, what they call an insurrection. That wasn't an insurrection. That was a couple of hundred goofs who trespassed into the United States Capitol. And they tried to convince us, along with their ilk in the liberal media, that democracy was at stake. That this was a, the January 6th trespassing was a threat to democracy. No, it wasn't. And so I sit up here and I read this story about how these people lied and then that the Democrats conspired with these operatives to alter the Supreme Court of the United States. Ladies and gentlemen, if that is not an insurrection, then there is no such thing as an insurrection. That which happened then, we always learn this later on, and then after the fireworks, you know, everybody just kind of goes home. This story here, this story isn't going anywhere. This referral to the United States Department of Justice for these two felony charges, this isn't going anywhere. It's all a typical dog and pony, smoke and mirrors that goes on in Washington, D.C. And it says here in the story, too, Democrat, then Democrat Senator Kamala Harris had a hand in the Monroe Layton claims because she was the person who brought Monroe Layton's letter to the committee's attention. Kamala Harris. And we're to take these people seriously? You must be kidding me. This is the kind of stuff, these are the antics that the Democrats now resort to because they play cutthroat politics. Cutthroat. And most of the Republicans in Washington, D.C., they're playing patty cake, while the Democrats are playing cutthroat politics. So the next time you hear some progressive talk about January 6th and a threat to democracy, and we have to do everything to protect our democracy, tell them to shut the hell up and remind them of stuff like this. And again, you know, all we really get is the shoulder shrug, right, from so-called conservatives or Republicans. Yeah, okay, Grassley makes a referral for criminal charges. He won't pursue it any, any he won't pursue it beyond that. You will never hear of this again. While the people of January 6th involved in it, however wrong they were, I don't have to justify what they did. I don't have to rationalize it. They have to justify what they did. They were all held accountable. Their due process was violated. I didn't see too many conservatives or Republicans come to their defense. They're held without uh, in solitary confinement during the entire time, didn't have access to lawyers, didn't have access to any of the evidence before they went to trial. 
and many of them ended up serving prison sentences and some long prison sentences. That denial of due process, and you know, we got the shoulder shrug. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. You know, read a newspaper and then turn the page on to the next story. So while we still have people sitting in federal prison, some people never even went inside of the U.S. Capitol. They were just on the grounds, but I guess, you know, that was a, a secure area they were inside. So even if you didn't go in, there are people who were sentenced to prison for standing around the Capitol on January 6th. And yet we sit up here and listen to or read about these people who lied, just outright lied in the Kavanaugh hearings, almost destroyed a man. Actually, they did destroy him. He'll never be the same. This is not going to change until we make it change. Cover another story coming out of D.C. in just a minute. Mainstream media has turned into nothing more than state-run propaganda. Bulldog TV was founded by Americans fighting for America to restore the fourth branch of government. Support alternative media like Bulldog TV by following them on Facebook and Truth Social. You're listening to the Straight Talk Podcast. I'm your host, America Sheriff David Clark. I want to turn toward another interesting story out of Washington, D.C. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene calls for a national divorce along political lines. We are done, she says. According to the story here from the New York Post, the controversial lawmaker said it was time to divide the country along political lines, arguing that the differences between Republicans and Democrat-leaning states have become irreconcilable. We need a national divorce, Greene said. In a shocking President's Day tweet, she went on to say, we need to separate by red states and blue states and shrink the federal government. I want you to focus on that. We'll get into it in a minute. Green later clarified amid a social media uproar that a national divorce doesn't mean civil war and argued that President Biden is the one leading the the country into World War III. She went on to say that people are absolutely fed up and disgusted with left-wing insanity and disastrous America last policies. Now let's zoom out on that, if you will, with what she said. First of all, you may know, you may not know, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a firebrand. She's a flamethrower. One of the few that we have on the conservative side in Washington, D.C. Lauren Bobert is another. You know, earlier, earlier podcasts, I, I read from a column that I wrote back in 2014. I'm sorry, it was 2017, 2018, after the midterms, the disastrous midterms during Trump's first term, well, his only term, really. And I talked about the need for new conservative fighters. And I went on to describe what that conservative fighter looks like. And I detailed. Marjorie Taylor Greene as someone I had in mind. Like I said, she's a flamethrower. Anytime in Washington, D.C. that somebody sticks their head out of the ground and makes some bold statement like Marjorie Taylor Greene did, the first reaction from the left, from the leftist media, is to pounce on it. 
to jump all over it, take it out of context, spin it into something she didn't say. And I'm not here to defend Marjorie Taylor Greene. I know Marjorie Taylor Greene. I've met Marjorie Taylor Greene. I've talked to Marjorie Taylor Greene. I like her style of Smash Mouth politics. And she's always under attack by the leftist media. But listen to what she says. We need to separate by red states and blue states. First of all, we already are separated, and it's not criticism of her. I'm trying to figure out why the people that attacked her, including the Republican governor of Utah, who called this evil, what she said, we're already divided by blue states and red states. We see it every election cycle and in between. So that would be nothing new. But here's what I got out of it. Here's what I zeroed in on with what she said. We need to separate by red states and blue states and shrink the federal government. Yes, indeed. That is the biggest problem in America today. The size and the scope of the federal government. We've gone completely away from what our founders wanted. What our founders feared, a large central government, domineering, overbearing. That's exactly what we have today. We are ruled not by elected officials. We are ruled by an administrative state. We, the people, no longer have control over our government that's supposed to be upformed by the people and how it behaves. The massive spending. The federal deficit, the federal debt, the national debt is $31 trillion and growing. All of these, this list of alphabet agencies that have spawned from this overbearing federal government, you know them, the FDA, the Department of Education, DHS, CIA, FBI that are spying on Americans without probable cause or have not been accused or suspected of any wrongdoing. The IRS that have been granted 87,000 new agents to go after Americans. We have no control over our federal government anymore. So basically what she's saying, because the blue states, of course, they're going to be against this. Why? They're the beneficiary. They're the benefactors of this out-of-control spending. With all of these programs that get federal funding, you know, poverty programs or anti-poverty programs, education, environmental, there's another one, the EPA. These people are out of control. And I believe, what I got out of it anyway, what Marjorie Taylor Greene was talking about was decoupling from the federal government. The 50 states, and then they can divide if they want into the blue states and the red states, which we're already divided by. But I think this is the only way we're ever going to get Washington, D.C. and the federal government under control. We're going to have to decouple from it. That's the divorce that's needed. The 50 states can still stay united along blue and red lines. But we need less influence from the federal government. And that's not going to happen on its own. It'll never happen that way. Voting won't change a damn thing. 
Voting rarely changes a damn thing. This administrative state is intrusive. It's obnoxious with some of these regulations, and it's costly. I can only think of a couple of things that we even need a federal government for. The first and the top one is national defense, national security. Secure our borders, protect our borders, and they're failing miserably at that. I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody who voted to get involved in this Ukraine-Russia war. The United States is funding that war nearly by ourselves. Little help from Europe, little help from NATO, but the money that's been spent, last I heard, $30 billion on a war in one year that we're not actively involved in? Sure, we don't have boots on the ground. We don't have troops on the ground. But the spending on this war and some of the the, the rhetoric coming out of some people in Washington, D.C., Biden the other day said, we're in this for the long haul. (laughs) What? Define the long haul. Ten years? What if this war goes on for five years? How much more is it going to cost us? And then you got, you know, you know both sides are, are, are at fault here. And you got Mitch McConnell, who had the audacity and the nerve to say, the highest priority of Republicans in Washington, D.C. is the Ukrainian war. Really? The highest priority? With all the problems going on in the United States that need attention? That's the highest priority? That's not putting America first. And again, you know, the media. I mean, imagine if Trump was the president and got us in this deep in this Ukrainian war. Oh, the left would be all anti-war again. You'd see anti-war demonstrations. I haven't seen one anti-war demonstration. Why? Just because we don't have troops on the ground? This war could spiral out of control over time. And the results are not going to be pretty. Somebody is going to have to be the adult and do like Marjorie Taylor Greene did. Make a statement about this war that isn't real popular with the media in Washington, D.C., liberal media, and some Democrat politicians, and some Republican politicians. And that's why you're not hearing more from Republicans. They don't want to get accused of being isolationists. They don't want to be accused of being pro-Russia just by making a statement, you know, something to the effect of, I think it's time to call for a ceasefire and get these two countries to sit down at the negotiation table. And somehow, somehow, first of all, this should have happened before Russia invaded, because that was imminent. They weren't hiding it. They said they were going to do it. I remember having a conversation with General Mike Flynn, who's a friend of mine. And he said, wars happen when diplomacy fails. There was no active diplomacy going on before Russia invaded Ukraine. I'm here to tell you there are no good guys in this conflict. 
not Zelensky, not Putin. There are no good guys. So there was a chance for a diplomatic solution. And really, this was all about whether Ukraine was going to join NATO, and Russia was not going to have a NATO country on its border. With potential missiles, sites, and bases right on its border. This thing probably could have been avoided with effective diplomacy. If we had people who knew what the hell they were doing to resolve this sort of thing, we might not be $30 billion and counting in the hole. So here we are, we're starting the second year of this war with no end in sight. The death, destruction, and by the way, if this thing ever does end, I mean, all wars eventually come to an end, I guess, even, you know, after 10 or 20 years, like the United States uh, witnessed in Afghanistan and Iraq, these endless wars. You know who's going to be on the hook for the rebuilding of that country, Ukraine? Yep, the good old U.S. of A. So we've spent $30 billion to finance the death and destruction of that company, country. And it's going to cost us probably three to four times that much to rebuild that country, the infrastructure, the housing, the recovery. Yep, oh, Uncle Sam's going to be on the hook for it. Nobody talks about that. If this war ended today, who's going to pay to rebuild that country? You know, we'll ask the NATO countries and the other countries around the world to chip in. They might throw a couple million in, just for show, for looks. But that's about it. The United States, the taxpayer, you and I, will bear the brunt of rebuilding that country. But nobody's talking about that today. But I am. You talk about race, crime, and politics. Some folks lose sleep over this, but not me. Because I sleep just fine on my Giza Dream Sheets and Pillow from my pillow, Especially this new 2.0. If you haven't gotten yours yet, you are missing out. Just go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CLARK, that's C-L-A-R-K-E, and save up to 66% off. The direct link is also available on my website, americasheriff.com. Get a great night's sleep so we can continue the fight. Attention patriots, looking for a great book? Let me recommend the greatest story ever told. The We the People Bible is available for the first time in history. This Bible is for those who believe it is time to give America back to God. Faith is being targeted, and our country's founding beliefs are being targeted. The We the People Bible is restoring what there is an attempt to remove, the preservation of faith and the preservation of America. One of the most unique features of this Bible is that it includes the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, and the Pledge of Allegiance as a bonus. This makes it a perfect heirloom to pass on to the generations to come. It is time to give America back to God. And this Bible is a great way to do just that. Get one for yourself and another as a gift for a friend or family member. Go to americasheriff.com and click on the Bible link to order today while supplies last.
Friends, I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of Straight Talk with yours truly, America Sheriff David Clark. And a special thank you also goes out to our sponsors. My goal, as always, is to break down these complex and many times controversial issues and bring it to you straight with a little dose of common sense, no media bias, no talking points, just truth. And this podcast would not be possible without your support. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite place to listen. And please share this message of common sense on social media. For more content, be sure to follow me on Truth Social, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And just a reminder, we'd love for you to join our Straight Shooters VIP Podcast Club for only $5 per month. And with that membership, you'll receive invitations to attend private podcast events throughout the year as a VIP guest when we come to your town. Plus, if you join today, you'll also receive a free coffee mug and a sample of our private label coffee as long as supplies last. Subscribe and join at America Sheriff. This podcast is brought to you by americasheriff.com with executive producer Judy Wilkinson of JL Wilkinson Consulting and producer Josh Wentz in partnership with our friends at Bulldog Media. If you are interested in partnering with Straight Talk Podcasts or having me speak in your area, please contact Judy at jlwilkinsonconsulting at gmail.com, 706-518-2116. That's jlwilkinsonconsulting at gmail.com. Phone number 706-518-2116. Stay tuned. Great things are coming on next week's podcast. So we got to drill down a little more into this thing other than police training. I have often said, you want to reduce the likelihood of police fatal use of force? Stop trying to fix the police and fix the ghetto.